Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hello, welcome everyone to The Distraction. I'm Jeremy Lambert. Joseph, I could kill for a good coma right now. That's, that's it. So, I have good news. Um, this show, circumstantial as it has been, it's become a different show than I expected. Right? But originally, this was going to be sort of a triumphant affair, wasn't it? It was yeah. going to come on and grim wide. And I was thinking, how can I make this truly special? I mean, I haven't seen the Halloween Havoc event, but everyone knows I love the Halloween Havoc. So I thought, how could I do it? What should I do? Jeremy, can you give me a moment? To give I will. People something? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to plug everything. Uh, okay. Joseph Holbert, with me as always, the Chubby Chief. Uh, we're live. Usually we're not live on Thursdays, but circumstances kind of dictated we'd be live today. Uh, we're on YouTube.com slash Fightful. <laughs> you can subscribe to the channel. Uh, leave a thumbs up. Tap the bell for notifications. Leave us a super chat because we're live. If uh, you're in the chat, leave us a super chat. Get your question, comment, statement read right on air. Are you wearing this mask the entire show? I don't think so. This is, <laughs> this is much harder than I realised. In fact, my eyes are burning because the this is very bad. Folks, get your screenshots now. This is coming off in about five seconds, okay? Be wary. It's coming off. Thank you, Jeremy. I hope you'll enjoy this. Let me take my mask off. <laughs> Everyone screenshot Joseph in the Oscar mask uh, and, you know, use that as a meme. Your hair has just been completely ruined by the Oscar mask. Oh, my God. <laughs> What's happened? The hair's gone. Oh no! Yeah, the hair's messed up now, buddy. What on live on air? This is yeah. finally a crack in the armor. When it comes to the hair. It's okay. It's the it's the rough look. Honestly, that was a lot funnier than it was the execution because that really stung my eyes. That was not fun. That was not fun. I'm not. Something tells me, Jeremy, this is not the sort of official one that she would wear. I, I, I don't think it reason, is. I don't think it is. For every reason, no. I do not think that one is the official. No. But nonetheless, um, it's Halloween. Happy Halloween, Jeremy. Not exactly, but sort of. Right? Yeah, Basically. it's Halloween on a Saturday. We're doing apparently we're doing a Halloween show tomorrow night on the uh, the SmackDown post show. Yeah. I have a costume 
in as distraction yeah joseph knows the costume layered layered costume that i have uh for the show tomorrow sean has said he has a costume i don't think he's putting the work into it that i am he's much lazier than i am so we got a super chat from uh anakin jmt who says jeremy why is your face squished that's just my face dude i don't know why it's squished like, that's just how my face looks. <laughs> we don't need that kind of encouragement yeah. right now, do we, Jeremy? This, I, is, this has been a troublesome route to this show. We don't need this. I've not, not I've not changed anything, any settings or whatever. Sean's going to yell at me and be like, Joe's face was squished, your face was squished. Like, I haven't done anything. Look, it's been a stressful, stressful evening. WWE, let's just get those out of the way. WWE, they, they decided to move their financials call back to 5 o'clock during the pandemic used to be like 11 o'clock like that's fine get a get a nice start to my morning get my coffee 11 o'clock everything's done but like one or two i'm done with articles and stuff and then i just enjoy kind of the rest of my afternoon they they move it to five o'clock they interfere with our show they counter program with our show because that's what they always do i like to end my day at five especially on like non-event nights like thursday night like I don't want to be doing wrestling stuff on Thursday nights. I got to do wrestling stuff every other night of the week. They make me do these financial calls. I did a bunch of news, the Vince documentary, which we'll talk about, the India show. Vince is talking ratings and stuff. They end the call abruptly because Donald Trump uh, got brought up. In fairness to WWE, I'll be fair to them. The call had gone an hour. Usually the call only goes an hour, and then they just ended it. But the timing was suspect with the Trump question. And then they're shutting down Twitch channels. AJ Styles is shutting down his, Cesaro, Mia Yim. All these wrestlers are shutting down their Twitch channels now because it's the end of October. So I'm writing all these stories. Everyone go to Fightful.com, click on the article. I don't get paid by the click or anything, but just click on the article and just message me on Twitter and be like, Jeremy, great job with all of this. You did a bunch of articles in a short amount of time. Great job. You probably made a million spelling mistakes and whatnot but you did a great job that's all i want that's all i want joseph just some credit I, now i'm doing I this show yeah you deserve that much i think i mean the issue is jeremy is is you're you're very much the glue guy right and and as the point god um this this show the audience this show rightly understands how important you are to the offense you get us away from <laughs> shots but the general viewer who doesn't have the league pass, who's just flicking through and hears Mark Jackson every once in a while on ABC, you know, he's, he's saying, well, who is Jeremy Lane? But where are these shots coming from? He doesn't see it. So if you are one of those people who somehow has wandered upon this awful podcast in which I just wore a mask for a audio <laughs> event, then you should now know that Jeremy Lane, he runs this thing, okay? So when you scroll, don't scroll past the name. Make a point. Jeremy Lane, but point God. Okay. Retweet. Compliment. The whole deal. Look at my hair, Joseph. Look at just this is this is falling apart. I'm in a this sad, is... sad state of affairs today. <laughs> okay, well, I have good news though. Do you? you know I'm passing I... the ball to you on this yeah. show because I don't okay. know. I mean, generally, when when I sort of host this show, it goes very, very badly. <laughs> but I think I can manage this first one. Big news in the distraction universe because last Sunday, after all his heat had vanished. And he had no longer had any cachet with the casual viewer. Randall Orton has become the WWE <laughs> champion once more. And as you know, Jeremy, this was a chance for me to take a sort of delayed victory lap. Um, can we? Are you in a kind of state of mind where this is even off the board, or are we going to enjoy Randy Orton's victory? No, your, we're your look. This is our show. We're going to do it together. We can enjoy Randy Orton's victory. We'd have a super chat from. 
the nerd guru. I can't even read. They gotta get like this close to to read my second screen. The nerd guru says, pitch one episode of the Vince documentary. Uh, let, let's talk about the Vince documentary right fast. Okay. I think it's just gonna be this big, massive fluff piece. Bill Simmons is doing it. Like he's he's kind of in with WWE. Vince ain't putting anything out there that's gonna make him look bad or whatnot. Probably get some cool footage, get some cool quotes and stuff. But I don't think you're gonna get like really great dirt on Vince McMahon. Yeah, it's gonna be wacky stories about how crazy Vince is. He's just a wild man. He took the sword to Saudi Arabia with him for the Bludgeon Brothers. That's how much he cares about this business, Joseph. (laughs) Yes. So, as far as episodes, it's hard to say, but I will say this. And, and Jeremy, I want to ask you, how many episodes until The Undertaker cries on this documentary? (laughs) I legitimately thought when they were talking about this, they were like, we got this great docuseries coming to Netflix. I was like, I swear to God, if it's another Undertaker documentary, (laughs) just, just kill me. I am sick of hearing about this, man. No offense to The Undertaker, great legacy, all this stuff, but Jesus, I'm tired of hearing about this, man. I think Undertaker cries within second, the second episode undertaker cries one episode is just going to be like everyone just saying like all these amazing things about vince and how he's like a father figure probably like the last episode but like as a father figure and he did so much for him and everything and but by the second episode undertaker will just cry there's definitely going to be an episode where it's like all of vince's biggest stars when they fell out of him and they like recap it and you know bill simmons gets all excited because they're like pulling out the dirt that no one's ever heard even though it's all been discussed a hundred times on different documentaries. So like it's I get why people are interested because he is such a strange, like eccentric person. But you know what you're getting here, right? Like let's not act like it's a like an yeah. independent exploration into the mind of Vincent Kennedy. It's nothing to do with that. It's just it's gonna be a piece about how wild and wacky Vince it's like the kind of things that they'll do sometimes on like Dana White. You know, like we're in the midst of a pandemic, Jeremy, I don't know if you know that, but that's happening right now. I've heard. And, You'll see these pieces at once. I was like, just look at Dana White. He's doing fights in a pandemic. Fight Island. <laughs> this guy's awesome. And it's like, that's his head like that. Look at him. He doesn't pay his wrestlers. He cuts their Twitch off. He's a wild man. You can't stop him. That kind of deal. We got a bunch of super chats. Uh, throwback says, Throwback27. I'm going to go check out uh, Throwback27's YouTube channel. I'm going to be on it. I'm going to be on it Wednesday. I think Wednesday afternoon and, and Tuesday. One's an audio version One's a, a live roundtable with uh, my man, Wild Boy DK. I don't know which is which. I know, throwback, you've told me. Look, my brain is scattered right now. But Wednesday and Tuesday, I'm recording with throwback. One of them is live. One of them will be audio uh, that goes up on, like, Saturday. Throwback says the, the QT was very telling. Quarter three was very telling. WWE stating ratings are up 6%. Not their viewership has passed a certain amount on YouTube. They're trying to make the casual, curious fans stay with the product when Raw three weeks ago was bad. Yeah, Vince said, like, they have more fans than ever. That was a headline I, I wrote. I do think, like, they've got, you know, their metrics, everyone wants to look at ratings and stuff. That's not the end-all, be-all metric. I understand it is a big metric. Mm-hmm. WWE's making a shit ton of money off of these ratings. We all like to be like, oh, the sky's falling because the ratings are falling. Like, they're doing millions of views on YouTube and stuff. Like, it's... They're making money. They, they've got a larger viewership than what just what the Nielsen audience accounts for. It's been very interesting, Jeremy, and I know this is going to sound like a cheap plug, but I actually mean it. 
since I've been doing the AEW report card, I've been using their YouTube clips for like, you know, to fill out the article. Yeah. For like, you know, the video. And like, it is worth reminding yourself every once in a while how big of a gap there is in terms of just like the people that could be vaguely interested in this. Does that make sense? Like, yes. If a WWE segment hits in any way or the title is good or the thumbnail is good, that thing can do like a couple million viewers in a few days. And I'm not, again, I've been told that these analytics are very skewed. I'm a big analytics guy now, Jeremy, as you know. <laughs> I've been told they're skewed and they come from certain, you know, but it is still important to remember that, like, to some people, wrestling will always just be WWE. And it's a long way away from that changing. I'm not saying that's better. I'm not saying that's worse. I'm just saying, while it's obviously ridiculous that he's more, they're more popular than ever, is nonsense, obviously. But, like... It isn't probably as bad as sometimes we convince ourselves, right? Like, it is what it is. They're a big machine. They keep rolling regardless of who's on top, effectively, for better or worse again. Yeah. Uh, Sean does, like, big YouTube wrap-up. Uh, he did it last year. I don't know if he's going to do it this year. I'm going to make him mm-hmm. do it. He needs to do something. Um, <laughs> and he did a big, like, YouTube numbers wrap-up and stuff. So everyone can go back and look at that. Their YouTube yep. numbers are absolutely insane. Uh, Anakin JMT says, was watching Catwoman for a Batman interview, but needed a break. Also, you guys should review Batman and Robin because Robert Swinson is Bane. No. Uh, <laughs> Evan Wright says, hope they remind us Vince chose to change the company name like they did on the network show. Gotta be consistent. Hashtag point God. Yeah, they changed the name not because of anything with uh, the World Wrestling, uh, yep. World Wildlife Foundation. It's just because, yep. you know, they were entertainment now. Pal. they're making movies which uh, leads me into a cheek plug of if you want i wrote an article on WWE camera cuts where i watched famous wrestling movies saw how many camera cuts they did in these main events compared it to the randy orton keith lee match and then came up with a thesis on it everyone go fivel.com check out that article just an extraordinary project <laughs> that's that's happening in the midst of all of this it's incredible but yes you did do that um what was the what was the Thing, oh, we're not doing Batman and Robin, you're correct. Yeah. That's definitely not happening. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I I don't know, man. Maybe well, I would have done I'm... Batman and Robin if you didn't say my face was squished, Anakin. Uh, Jobber JJ says, here to support the goats. Thank you, buddy. Everyone at Fightful oh. does a great job, uh, except Sean. All we need now is Slapjack to win the Royal Rumble, and WWE is complete. I'm all for Slapjack winning the Royal Rumble. That's fine. Um, and then Ron Patel says, who's covering JK or Bellator fight, or is it Shaquille? I, I think it's Shaquille and Tease. I'm out of the uh, MMA game. I, I I did my time with the, the UFC post-fight Hang up stuff. The yeah, <laughs> I'm like Habib. I retired. I'm done. I'm out. We both have. We've both retired. Yeah. We've actually both done our, our stints as the MMA, you know, sort of uh, buffoon on otherfightful.com. <laughs> no more. No more to be done for us. But yes. Um, what was we talking about? Let's talk about Randall Orton. He he closed Hell in a Cell. Oh, yeah. He is the WWE champion now, 14-time WWE champion. He lost a ton of matches throughout the summer, all just to come in and win the title. The clown did not close the show like uh, you had predicted, and I'd kind of suspected when it was said that Orton and McIntyre were closing Hell in a Cell. I was like, oh, we're getting we're getting the clown. Didn't happen. They kind of did that the next night on Raw. Joseph, this is your guy, Randy Orton, the GOAT. Yes. Um, how do we tackle this one without losing all credibility is what I've been asking myself all week. And I think the answer is, who cares about credibility at this point, right? Here we are. I mean, yeah. this, is what, this is what this show is. Um, I managed to lose 10 Twitter followers in about 20 minutes uh, last Sunday yeah. as I sort of 
in the midst of sort of agony and pain about poor Drew losing his WWF title, I just sort of took a big, took a big wide celebration. I've never seen so many people care about Drew as champ until he lost it. Incredible scene, but that's how it works, I guess. I mean, look, the thing with Randy is, well, I've tried my best to, as I said in an article a few months back, erase the asterisks, so to speak. But that thing ain't going nowhere. Like this guy is going to have a very strange career until 20 years after he's retired when those of us that actually watched his career are like just tired of talking about wrestling and all the young folks just listen to the other wrestlers and then they were like, he's the GOAT. <laughs> so effectively what I'm doing is I'm getting ahead of that curve and I'm saying, yes, he's the GOAT. Please come back to this when, you know, the Miz and Dolph Ziggler sit on collar and tell you that Randy Orton was the best wrestler ever because it's going to happen. I know it's going to happen, so just enjoy the ride along the way. Dude, WWE is going to have 3 million conversation series in, in five to eight years. And you, you said it, Miz, Ziggler. I even think like Woods and Kofi, like yep. all of these guys just praise the hell out of Orton. Even guys who aren't even in WWE, like Rusev and stuff, like they just, all they always say Randy Orton, your, your favorite wrestler's favorite wrestler. Like they all love Randy. They're all like the little things. Undertaker. Did you watch uh, Untold with Undertaker yeah. and Orton? Yeah, yeah. Undertaker's like Randy, so good at the little things. Just making those facial expressions. Just, just a true master at doing stuff that makes the crowd care. And I'm, I just, I laugh every single time they do that stuff. I mean, Taker had a classic Undertaker moment on that because he was. He was like talking about Cowboy Bob's jeans or something. Yeah. He was like, could at least like you know, make it look. And I was thinking, like, has he watched this feud? Like, he Randy has killed him like four times in this feud. Like, it's done. Taker, <laughs> no one thinks this is a shoot. Trust me when I tell you that no one was sitting there in 2005 saying, you know, I was pretty sure this was a legitimate contest, and I've just seen Cowboy Bob's jeans. And let me tell you, this is phony. Like, it was not happening. <laughs> it was the, that was not the, the, the game changer for anyone. But I will say, and again, I'm biased, I know that, but Randy was awesome on that deal. Because yes. Taker at this point, we've heard enough, right? Enough. I get it. I get it. Respect the character. Love this business. I get it. <laughs> Randy needs a conversation series, my friend. That's what we need on the WWE. We need a, a conversation, conversation series. Conversation series. WWE After the Bell with Corey Graves. Great interviews with all the WWE superstars, including Randy Orton and Chad Gable and Big E. <laughs> After the Bell on WWE Network Conversation Series. Yes, and then he heads to the WWE Thunderdome for WWE SmackDown on Fox Live every Friday night. That's what he does to see the legit boss, Sasha Banks, and the Tribal Chief, the reigning, defending universe. <laughs> we need to get to. We'll get to her, folks. Don't get mad. We will get to her first. I need to do more Randy Orton. Are you more or less interested in Raw now that Randall is the champ? Uh, I gotta watch every week regardless. I'm not interested in this show, period. Much less, more or less. <laughs> okay, let me adjust the question. Do you agree, or fair on Tuesday when we had Joel here, we, we were talking about, was that segment actually good? The Moment of Bliss segment? Yeah. And like, I've rewatched it, and I don't know if it's good, but what they achieved was good in the sense that for once in WWE, it felt like a lot of people wanted the title. I'm so tired of the thing where the title exists and it's like its own universe with two guys. No one has mentioned the title outside of Drew and Randy for like months. Right. Now, we have the Killer Clown, we have Miz, and we have Drew chasing it, and you've still got Edge obviously looming in the shadows because everyone knows that's what's happening. So, like, that was fun. The, it's the visual of Randy just being like, I'm not fighting this clown. <laughs> but I'm not. That was awesome to me. So, my interest is up. 
Drew was a really good champ, and bell to bell, he like maximized every opportunity. But it is what it is. I mean, I don't think it's like a catastrophic loss that people are making out. No, to. I, just I, I don't blame. I don't blame Drew. He was he was put in a bad situation. Look, his first few. I mean, really, the feud against Rollins didn't make much sense because Rollins was coming off the loss. The feud against Lashley didn't make much sense because Lashley was going. The feud against Ziggler just didn't make much sense because like they they gave him not viable opponents for right. his run. Like the Orton feud was the first time where it's like, okay, this is a legitimate threat to his title. The issue with that became Drew beat him, and then he beat him again, and then Randy lost to Keith Lee, and then Orton beat him, which, cool, fine, I have no issue with Orton winning. I am, look, I am more intrigued with Orton being champion than I was with Drew. I do think Drew's kind of run ran its course. I I guess they could have done the AJ Styles feud, that's about all that was left for Drew at this point, but... I don't think it's some big, like, monumental loss like everyone else in, in the U.K. does. But you're going to get so much heat with the with the U.K. fan base because, you know, everyone's posting these Drew McIntyre, legend, legendary run, like, first, first title run. Cannot wait for 15 more with Drew. Just really did the country proud with this run. And Joseph's like, Randy, yes, ha, 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 Drew's done. So I want to be clear about this. If any Scottish viewers of this show tune in please tell me that i'm right on this this new thing where i'm supposed to root for scots and they're like supposed to root for us is wrong <laughs> any self-respecting scotsman would tell you that i'm correct for saying yes randy he beat the scot he, he don't represent me he knows he's not my guy randall keith Orton is my guy jeremy lambert that's who but um now you're, you know what's interesting when you were saying about the feuds he was given is it fair to say that the only guy in WWE right now, and this is not a criticism of them because it's a hard thing to do, the only guy that can take almost anyone in a feud, a title program, and elevate them is actually Roman. Because Jey Uso and Roman, you could argue, was the strongest program over the last two months. Now, Jay deserves credit for that. But when you consider that, like, Drew's matches never felt like the main event, did they? They never did. No. And I'm not, again, I'm not knocking him. I'm just saying... Roman has managed to convince me that Jey Uso is absolutely the main event match. So, is he the only guy they got to do that at this point, or am I am I just kind of understating what Jay actually achieved? No, Roman is by far the like that match opened Hell in a Cell, and people thought you know that should have closed the event. Drew and in that or Drew and Orton was the weakest of the three Hell in a Cells in my mind. Yeah. Like, and that that's what ended up closing. But that was the weakest of all three of them. Now, Roman is the only guy. Where you're like, this feels like a main... That's why Roman, he main evented Clash of Champions because that was the the biggest program going into it, even mm-hmm. though it only been building for like three weeks compared to McIntyre and Orton, which had been building for three months. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting too. Like, we agree that Orton and Drew was the weakest match going in of the cell matches, and it was the weakest in reality, right? Like, I feel for them somewhat because... It's very hard to do a cell match when you've had two other cell matches take place within the last two hours. Like, it's difficult. But it was the weakest one of the three. I mean, in truth, though, man, it was a really good event. Can we agree on that much, right? Like, it was a really strong event. Like, all three cell matches were very good, and I think one of them, which we'll get to in a second, was great. I don't think we're going to talk about JM Roman much, so I'll just say that I didn't... Hmm, how do I put this, Jeremy? It was like a sequel where they like kind of played the hits almost 
They kind of walk back yeah, the same path. It was, it was, it was bloated almost. Like yeah, it, it was, was like a bloated version. Yeah. Yeah, there was too much just standing around and Roman just talking and being like quit yeah. and stuff. And I quit matches are tough anyway because there there's stuff like that all the time. Uh, but this one was just it. Felt, you're right. It felt like an extended version of Clash of Champions, and like I didn't need an extended version of Clash of Champions. I think that it should have been actually just shorter. Like, Roman should have just destroyed him. And then Jimmy came out quicker. Because the finish was, like, terrific. I loved the yeah. finish. Maybe not the crying. I don't know if I would have done the crying. But, the, mm. the you know, the visual of Jimmy, of Jay waking up while Jimmy is, like, basically fighting for his life was awesome. I loved that. It was really good, by the way. I, I thought it was excellent. I just didn't... It's not what I'm rushing to watch back. Like, it was long. Right? Yeah. It was very bloated, and it was it was striving to be epic. If you're going to rewatch a, a match back in the cell, it's the the uh, the legit boss versus the role model, isn't it, Jeremy? That match, that was a great match. Yeah, right? that match was excellent. Uh, Sasha Banks won. I I don't know how many people saw it coming. It seemed like a lot of people were being like Bailey is going to end up winning here because there was more money in the the Sasha chase. Of course, there's the people who be like, oh, of course they put the title on Sasha. She's the star of the Mandalorian, so why wouldn't they put the title on her? Um, I'm fine with Sasha winning and the match itself, like not only was it like good, like there were obviously creative elements to it, but they got me emotionally invested. I, I talked about it. I didn't think the build up in the last couple of weeks was very good. I thought they'd lost the plot with it. But once the match started, they kind of, they saved it with uh, some of their storytelling and then the callbacks, the previous matches and stuff and the creativity of the things they were doing as well like it's very hard to still be creative in a hell in a cell match in 2020 but they they certainly did it so i it's my favorite hell in a cell match since the the usos new day match and i mean before that i can't recall a hell in a cell match that i liked that much it's it's difficult because i don't want to dismiss what bailey did because bailey is like fundamentally excellent and she's so like solid in every way but it something has to be said. Banks's ability to like innovate and be creative and make you see new stuff that, frankly, at times appears like it's out of her like range, and she nails it. Is all time great. Yeah. Like, I know we have a lot of fun on this show, but like, how many <laughs> is is there a wrestler in WWE that you legit tr- legit can I, that you trust more to like nail a big match at this point than her? Because she's so, her mind. Her ability to put stuff together that like catches your eye is incredible. It really is. It is. Um, I'm trying to think of who. I guess Brian, right? Like Daniel Bryan's. Not yeah, yeah, Brian. We haven't seen Brian in a big match in so long that yeah. it's almost like, all right. I mean, obviously he's still great, but it's been so long since we've seen that that you almost just forget of how good he is. Um, mm. I don't know of anybody else. I do think like Seth Rollins is underrated. And big matches, I do think he he's very good. Like that Drew match was much better than it had any right to be, given the the story, which was almost non-existent going into that match. But as far as like creativity and calling back things and like really putting stuff together, yeah, it's it's Banks and Brian and maybe Owens. The problem with Owens is like he just won't get that credit because he's not as flashy as the other two. Right, and I agree with that. I mean, I think what's amazing about Banks is she does like. She has that effort level where, when she's bumping, it looks like she's going to kill herself. Yeah, and I'm, you know, I mean that in the most complimentary way. It's terrifying to watch sometimes. 
So she has that, where it's like, you know she's not going to sort of let the match end without giving it her absolute everything to make it work. And then you combine that with what she's thinking, and it is like an, a special, special... And, but again, I don't want to just kind of gloss over Bailey because I feel for Bailey. I mean, I did my article last week on the Fightful, and I rewatched a lot of Bailey's like pay-per-view stuff, and it was very clear to me that she just wasn't allowed to have the matches she wanted to have, right? Like, sometimes on those pay-per-views, they send people out there to have cool-down matches. And unfortunately, they did that to her like 90% of the time. And that sucks because it, in terms of history, when you rewatch the rain, it does have an effect, unfortunately. But it was cool for her to get like an epic match to lose the bell in at least. Right? That was, that was a cool touch. So, yeah, it was a great match. You can't argue with what those, those two did once the, the bell run, you know? So now we're going to get Banks and Bailey again at TLC, I would imagine. So. A lot of people seem to think that like Bailey's just not going to be around for a while. I don't know. I have no. It's not a scoop. She's like Bailey fans like expect her to just take a step back. So I haven't watched the Chronicle, but I guess there's some stuff there. But... I don't think there's any way in hell. I mean, look, if they want to elevate Bianca, like that's great. I don't know if you can do Sasha and Bianca right now. Like it seems. I feel like you got to heat Bianca up a little bit more, and it is kind of a face versus face dynamic right now and they're they're a little too similar like i would need you to just see uh more more layers from from that one than yeah than just being like i'm the best i'm the best i mean it works but it doesn't work with the way wwe tries to tell stories i agree i mean i think you're gonna get carmella i'm pretty confident you're gonna get carmella and natalia and then you'll get to some good stuff but your optimism is fun too i i think it's gonna be bailey at tlc they're doing the um they're doing the Asuka match at Survivor Series, and that's Super Chat from the Nerd Guru who says they're stealing Asuka versus uh, Sasha versus EO from us. Sad. Yeah, NXT is not part of Survivor Series, so we're just getting the champion versus champion stuff at Survivor Series. So Asuka and Sasha, you know, a match we, we've never seen before. Should be great. Brand supremacy think, on the line. Do you think we're getting that match, though? Because, like, I don't know where else it could go. I personally think it's way too soon to do Alexa. And Charlotte is like, is she really going to come back and win it on a Raw? That's like almost too inside joke, right? Like, it's just yeah. too inside. I, no, I think, well, I think getting, we're getting it. Yeah, I think yeah. we're getting that match. Unless unless Sasha loses it on SmackDown. But then, oh. like, again, who are, who are you doing? Like, are you going to do Bailey? Are you going to do Bailey and Asuka again? Like, Mate, if Bruce pulls that, he better have some good <laughs> security at his place because that would be some wild... Which... I don't know. I don't know which episode Sasha is in the Mandalorian, but here we go. Here's my pitch. All, all right? of them. She's the star, bro. <laughs> forgot. Forgot. I forgot. The Mandalorian uh, premieres on Disney Plus tomorrow. Um, I don't know which episode Sasha is in. Again, outside of all of them, but if they can figure out which episode she's in, new episodes drop on Friday, right? WWE promotes Sasha Banks. This is the episode she's in for the Mandalorian. Watch it on Friday. Then. Watch her on WWE SmackDown defend the women's title against Bailey, against whoever, and then she loses the title on the day her Mandalorian episode drops. How many viewers would they run off if they did that shit? I mean, the honest answer is probably about 10, but Twitter would make you think that it'd run off about 2 million. I imagine by the end of the night, it would be like a war. <laughs> it would be a war. It, it would be. We've never seen anything like that. I don't think, as far as Twitter reaction for a wrestler losing a match. And, and to be clear, we would both agree with that reaction too. I yeah, think. that would yes. be insanity. It would be very, very stupid. But for the sake of watching the world burn, 
That's my pitch to WWE. Put the title on Lana. You know, forget the brand split. Bring Lana over. I'm pushing for Lana as any type of champion in WWE. Lana beats Sasha on the day Sasha's Mandalorian episode drops. All right? There we go. You take all of our ideas, Bruce. You can have that one. Served I'm so glad that we did our BPW draft before this <laughs> Lana gimmick arose because otherwise we would be currently booking with Lana. I know. No, 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 no. We would we would still be booking with the goat Britt Baker because our roster is needs yeah. uh, someone like Britt Baker and and not it Lana. <laughs> Anything else from from the Hell in the Cell? I don't think so. I don't remember what else is on the show. There's some throwaway matches. Bobby Lashley beat Slapjack in like four minutes. It was hilarious. <laughs> I convinced myself Bobby was losing the title. And he should have. I was like, what? He should have lost. Look, look, the champions in WWE on Raw should be The Miz, The Slapjack, and Lana. Those are, should be the champions on Raw. Wow. <laughs> I, I actually feel so bad for The Miz that you just paired him into that like gimmick you're working there. That's so mean in so many ways. Gimmick. This is what the means. I don't like this passive harassment from you calling this a gimmick, Joseph. (laughs) So you're right. This passion project of yours. Thank Um, you. The Miz actually going to win the title, or like definitely not winning the title. I don't think he's winning the title. I don't. So why take it from Otis? This is what I don't get. Like, why even do it? Because they Roman have just beaten up Otis. They didn't. They didn't want to make Otis look like the bigger goof. Like, I think that's, yeah, I think that's it. Like, if they do an Otis cash-in, he just looks like, you know, he's a baby face failing a cash-in. No, this can't be it. No, This is my, I mean, this is my explanation. It can't, there's no way with a straight face, one of those men in in the creative team said, this not, we can't make Otis look a goof out there, guys. (laughs) He got turned on by his partner. Like, I mean... Dude, that term was so Russo-rific, wasn't it? It was like... It was. It really was. The whole execution of it, his face after he did it. Oh, it was gorgeous. What a wonderful turn that absolutely no one cares about. Incredible scenes. And they're on different brands. I mean, maybe they're going to fight for brand supremacy uh, at Survivor Series. It's it's funny you say that because a source has just told me that Survivor Series, Fantasy Warfare just got real. (laughs) Have you read this too? I read that in 2016. Is that when they did that match? Fantasy warfare, it just got real. Yeah, <laughs> brand supremacy, the battle for brand supremacy. One night a year, fantasy warfare, it just got real. Can I see a bunch of matches? Never before seen matches. Hey, in fairness, as long as they keep Randy and Roman and Prophets New Day, like I can convince myself I'm excited. Oh yeah, I look Randy and Roman. I'm all for that match. The problem with the, this brand supremacy stuff is no one actually cares about these brands and then yeah. they don't even interact most of the time like roman's gonna keep feuding with jay and orton's got you know five different people he's trying to feud with right now he'll he's... show up he'll show up on a smackdown one week and do an rko and then everybody will freak out like brand split brand split brand split and be like well it doesn't matter because it's survivor series and then that's that's just what they'll do it rules so much though because the event has become <laughs> Something where it feels like every year at the start of November, like a new booker comes in and he's like, Shit, how am I going to get myself out of this one? And it's like, <laughs> they do it to themselves. Like, all of these matches, you know for a fact, they're currently sitting there thinking, how do we get out of that match? How do we get out of this match? What are we going to do to a finish? Like, The Fiend is probably going to be the finish of Roman and Randy, right? Like, something like that will be dumb. Oh, like yeah. <laughs> oh, wow, you sound super excited for that, bro. Oh, <laughs> dude. So, Are they going to have The Fiend the on both shows? Like, he's got beef with Roman, too. 
So what if we put the clown on both shows, Joseph? Bruce has probably pitched that like 400 times over the last three months. Look, He's Bruce, like, if you're going to take that pitch, you can take uh, my Lana pitch as well, the Sasha Lana pitch. I'm just, I'm just lobbing them up there for you. Do what you want with them. Throw I'm them down. I'm so pumped for like in 20 years. 20 may be a bit generous. I hope Bruce <laughs> is well. He looked a little bit troubled on the untold. He like, needs to have a good night's sleep, so I wish him well. But when he eventually talks about this stuff, I'm so pumped for him to dismiss like great wrestlers with the old, you know, and then the bell rang, and then Conrad would be like, what about Bray Wyatt? And he'd be like, maybe the best wrestler ever. <laughs> with no mention of of the bell, the aforementioned <laughs> bell. So, yeah, that would be fun. The clown is running wild, though, isn't he? He is. I mean, look, he's... Here's what I'll say. Currently, this thing of Alexa is benefiting both of them, because it's gotten Alexa, like, back in, like, you know, kind of important stuff. <laughs> important being, you know, relative... And the fiend, it feels like he's got like a new lick of pain almost. So that stuff's good stuff, I would say, right? Good, you know, enjoyable, <laughs> fun. What would you, what would be your description of it, Jeremy? The fiend Alexa stuff. It's there. I'll say that. Oh, no, there. it's, if there's one thing, it's not. It's there. It's out. <laughs> Alexa, look, Alexa's been good. The Hollywood editions, I'm sure, are rolling in. She's getting those calls. Her agent is on the phone every single day, just turning them down left and right. Bray, Bray is going to be Bray. Like, there's nothing wrong with what Bray does. He, he's going to be Bray. Yeah. Speaking so, of, speaking uh, of, Evan Wright leaves us a super chat. Leaves us a couple, actually. Says, uh, Sweater Bray on SmackDown, Fiend on Raw. There you go. There. Evan. Evan. Good what man. about Alexa, though? What brand is, do we split Alexa? Same to? thing. Yeah. Yeah. You do uh, 12-year-old Chucky doll Alexa on one, and then what, what's her other? I don't even know. Non-possessed Alexa on the other one. Yeah. I, I don't know what her split is. Evan Wright also says, uh, Wrestling Inc. said Otis was a modern-day Dusty. How? I, I don't know. Look, I don't keep up with their takes. I mean, the modern-day Dusty. I mean, that's a very polite way of saying someone's fat, isn't it? Really? I mean, that's sort of like me wandering into work and go, oh, it's Dusty's back out. I mean, I take that as an insult, but it's the nicest sort of way you can be given it. I mean, God bless Otis. He's many things. But I would not sort of tie him to one of the great promos in the history of the industry. Yeah. I personally would avoid that. But no. we all have bad takes. People that watch this show know that we all have bad <laughs> takes, okay? Here's what it is. Uh, anything else from Hell in a Cell or the WWE universe? No, I enjoyed it very much. I really did. I don't even dislike the big red cell. That's what I'm at. I'm, I'm, I'm like, wow. I watch it, and I'm just like... That was Carmella dressed as the cell. Carmella, yes. <laughs> For what they want it to be which is like this glossy like toy set and i'm sorry that is what they intend for it to be like if that makes you mad then i don't know adhere to the code of honor or whatever but <laughs> they want it to be like a glossy like cool looking and it is that right i guess i don't know i can i just give credit to um we haven't talked about randy orton enough on the show jeremy and um, at one point in that match even my brain was sort of on loop at three in the morning or like randy just like put drew's head through the cell and i just held it there for what appeared to be like yeah. five minutes, just sat there and was like... That was his headlock spot, but he couldn't yeah. do the headlock spot, so he's just like, I'm going to mash your face well, into this cell. There was a great Randall, like, little things. The finish, where, obviously, the deal is he's going to miss the Claymore and hit him with RK, right? Randy waited for this Claymore for, like, 15 minutes. He was, like, <laughs> staggering, one knee, two knee, and it was just like... He's so good at just getting every ounce of, of energy out of stuff. The little things, that, bro. The little yeah, things. Yeah, in an empty building, yeah. it's like, 
he's even next door because he doesn't have to worry about you booing him. He's just like, I'm going to just take my time, <laughs> go at my own pace. 30 minutes, 40 minutes, who cares? It's amazing. Drew, that Randy documentary, Drew's going to talk about that. He's going to be like, that cell match, oh, the way he just moved, the way he got up so slowly, and then st- he sold every ounce of that and just made the people wait on it. And then yeah. when he moved and hit me with, oh, the, if we were in arena, the crowd would have popped so big, even though I was the baby face, because Randy is just that good at that kind of stuff. That, Drew's going to say something like that on the Randall documentary in however long. My favorite Randy Orton moment of that match was him climbing to the top of the cell, getting Drew to come up there, hitting him with a lightsaber. I'm pretty sure this is a lightsaber. And then just wanting to climb down. Like, just fantastic. And Samoa Joe was like, did what he wanted to do. Lured him up there, yeah. hit him with a weapon, down he goes. And I was like, yeah, sure, man. That bump was very... So, I want to be... Before I say this, everyone knows I don't like the stunts and all the, the nonsense that we do now. So, if you're going to do them, do them how WWE does them. Okay, I have, I have no issue. But that was peak, like, why are we even doing the spot? Yeah. That, that cell bump. Because it was like... It was so sort of i don't want to say phony because i'm sure it hurt but my god it looked it just looked so like a sort of a stunt scene out of out of cut they're making movies pal making movies they didn't even get the shot they didn't even get the shots just uh god go go ahead no i was about to move on to AEW. if you want to play praise randall more now's your time I just wanted to say i'm i'm with doing stunts like if you're going to do them but like my real suggestion would be like just don't do stunts in empty buildings that no one's buying as legitimate like death falls yeah. i mean that show we saw everything and then like drew starts coughing up some blood and byron sexton like fell out of his chair he's like <laughs> oh no someone stop it internal bleeding i don't know Dude, I mean, it's just like... candace LeRae took a bump last night i don't know if you saw the video of it but she went knees she was on top of the ladder another ladder match in empty arena because that's what Shawn michaels is gonna do uh she was on top of the ladder and it got pushed over by Io Shirai, and there was a bridge ladder set up between the ring and the table or, or whatever. And she took it, she falls over the top rope, knees first onto the ladder, and then she hits her back on just looked like absolute death. And I felt so bad for her because you just don't need to be taking these bumps in this empty arena setting. Where are you on her as a heel? Do you oh, have any takes? I'm all in on Candice LeRae on whatever she does. I think she's fantastic. That was, do you know what, Jeremy? That was a really nice compliment. Like on a show where all of our compliments appear to just be like backhanded dunks, <laughs> that was like a sincerity. That was it. Really NXT's unbanned. Show. All right, we got the goat Pat McAfee. Pat McAfee is here with Pete Dunn. We got a Pat McAfee, Pete Dunn, Oni Lorcan stable. NXT's unbanned. I was watching uh, Ember Moon's match from last week against the the young lady that beat Charlotte Flair and <laughs> yeah, Jesse Kamea. Yeah, and like. It's insane how little buzz he's getting. The Ember Moon is just like, yeah, I tore my Achilles, but like, you know, I'm back now. <laughs> just, I just, I just never missed any days. Like, I'm just back, same wrestler. She, she did this match, and it was like she got across the whole new attitude deal. She got across that she's got some ring rust and she's still a little bit vulnerable. She made Kamea doing that, and then she got over a new finish while being like vicious throughout the match. And I was just like, NXT's roster is ridiculous and it's almost lost in the fact that they have um what's the term i should use for this uh unsavory characters surrounding <laughs> them on said roster and it, you know it's i just in fear of taking this show after hours i just find it insane that they feel they need to like take gambles on guys with these kind of 
public records when you have that much talent just sitting there. Do you know what I mean? I'm, I'm not going to go any further, but it's just wild to me. Yeah. Uh, NXT Halloween Havoc was a really good show last night. Joseph will watch it tomorrow. <laughs> I will. I will. I actually really want to, but I just time. time. It was good. It, it was. I thought it was better than AEW last night. Um, Evan Wright, speaking of AEW, says, "Joe, who are your favorites from AEW right now?" I'll let you answer that in a second. And then uh, Music of Moonsaults says, "If the Bucks lose at full gear, when can we expect the creation of the TNT Tag Team Titles?" Let's get into AEW first. Who are your favorites, Joe? I don't think the people know. Well, I wish it was as plural as it once was, but I mean, distraction alumni Ricky Starks, who Jeremy hates, is one of my favorites. Never heard he'd of be him. a bit. He'd be a big bald topper for me. Eddie Kingston is probably my favorite wrestler ever. So there's your there's your top two. I still love the Santana and the Ortiz, but like. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's difficult. I do love the stuff that they're doing, or Ortiz is doing anyway, where he, like, is taking it upon himself to just reject MJF. I mean, that really fits their personality. I just hope it leads somewhere other than them losing next week, which is obviously what's going to happen, right? As for elsewhere, like, I kind of think they've lost their way on some of these guys. I mean, Sammy obviously has his own, like, mess surrounding him. But, like, the new thing where Sammy's, like, a like a wild man, he's... I don't know if he's, he's a not wild good. man or like what he's angry he is. though, Jeremy. He doesn't mean faces. Is that... yeah, remember the opening segment yesterday where he was like the, the Matt Hardy stuff? He's like, yeah, that's the thing. Like the, the Matt Hardy stuff is just that's just gone on too long. But he's like a wild man, and then MJF is like just like <laughs> burying him. Be like, you look like someone who sells Adderall. Yeah, like it just let, let's yeah. let's talk about AEW. They added two matches uh, to full gear last night. We got MJF and Jericho. We got Hangman and Omega uh, with the winner getting a title shot. And then they added a stipulation to the Young Bucks match, which uh, Music and Moonsaults mentioned. This stipulation, so forced, no no emotional investment at all. I was in the building last year when Cody did the stipulation before Full Gear where he said, I won't challenge for the title if I lose. That promo, legitimately the best promo of 2019. And then the Bucks do this like, half-hearted announcement in a sit-down screen-to-screen segment with Excalibur to like try to add something to this match. They just dropped the ball completely on this match. And this is, I guess, a way to try to get fans invested more. Like this was a this was a layup. This was a, a fast break. Uh what's the um the Thunder? The Thunder had a two-on-one fast break. It was Paul George and Jeremy Grant. 210, 210, sorry, 210, right? What they did, Paul George did the bounce alley oop to Jeremy Grant to dunk it, and he missed it. And it's just like 
that's just yeah. just just finger roll. A finger roll year yields the same result, and that's what it feels like they're doing with the Bucks and uh, FTR. So before we go, because this is going to be, a, I feel, a lengthy topic. So before we do it, I did want to say, you mentioned Hangman. He was uh, terrific against Wardlow. He's definitely yes. one of my favorites. I thought that match was great. So just quickly get in that, because I don't think we're going to go back to that, because, yeah, man, I um, I generally will hand wave the sort of, like, you know, the Bucks aren't actually good stuff, because um, I think they're pretty, like, historically great at what they do. Well, that being said... It's been a tough couple of weeks for the for the young bucks because for me, like I I'm gonna say this, we didn't talk about it last week. I was really disappointed with what we saw uh, last week with um with Reynolds when he got hurt, right? Yeah. And like I've never taken a bump and I would never judge I have professionals. I can I can you you have. Yeah. You've done it on the show. Yeah. But it was really alarming to me to see Nick Jackson like run his hot tag on on Reynolds, and I was just like, you know, surely at this point you're more fluid with your like match layout <laughs> that this guy doesn't have to get knocked down in the middle of the ring, stagger to his feet, and take a bulldog and a knee in the corner. Like, I just that frustrates me, and it, it's a big. It gives a lot of weight to the argument that they are like not stunt men it's ridiculous i mean they tell great stories but it's just it's, it's bizarre to me that we're at a point where an elite tag team couldn't have just cut that out of the match does that make sense and it's not just on there and there was three other teams but as a side note the argument that they're not like good wrestling television characters has never been stronger than it is now in my view because when they do the overacting and they do the dialogue and the, the layers and all that stuff they are naturally just infinitely less likable. And that worked great when it was against Hangman, because I like room for Hangman, right? Like, I'm like, yeah, screw these guys, they're dicks. <laughs> I'm now opposite FTR. They're not trying to be likable at all. They talk about the internet all the time. I'm on the internet. I'm doing a podcast now. I don't like these guys. They don't like me. Kayfabe, brother. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm trying to work within the lines of the... <laughs> they're going to shoot like... up. They're going to be on Twitter after this, but I like, heard those distraction <laughs> jagoffs talking about us. <laughs> I, I wish I was more into FTR and AEW, but I just, I'm not... And the Bucks are like, yeah, like we're good people. We just did some bad stuff. But, you know, we haven't had the titles, right? Like, who's really to blame? What is this? What is happening? What has happened? So this match would have been bigger if you just put a, tweeted a poster out and was like, this is the date. Come see it. Yeah. We're at a point in modern wrestling where the television time is a hindrance to getting guys over. Do you know how insane that is, what I just said? Jeremy, and this isn't just AW. This is the whole industry. There's guys in Dota, Ricochet. If you'd have told me like two years ago, Ricochet's wrestling around Dilton, I'd be like, yeah? Okay, where am I going to see this match? Now if it's on Raw, skip. TV time gets guys more under than over because there's about 10 people in the whole industry, apparently, that have figured out how to like do it correctly. And I will say, on the exact same show, there is an example of it because you have a star in Moxley and you have a guy who knows his own character and his company's own skin in Eddie Kingston who are like easily outplaying them like i mean they are outperforming them they're eons above because they know what they're doing they're telling a simple story that i can understand and they're de delivering it with passion meanwhile in gotham the bucks and ftr are telling a story they don't know they've got three different stories going on the delivery sucks because they don't really believe it i don't know what's going on and and people may say this is too much but i i'm sorry i think this is this is really being disappointing i i it would be unfair of me to just gloss over and go yeah but the match would be good no, this should be the main event, obviously. Eddie Kingston is in the world title match. 
He we didn't have a job four months ago. The main event should obviously be FTR Young Bucks. And right now, I don't about you, Jeremy, I don't think it's the worthy main event at all. No. Like, I think this... Eddie and Moxie's a far stronger match. So there you go. I think I think this will be a great match. Let's just go ahead and say that. Like, yeah, it'll course. be very hard for them to screw up this match. But the the Bucks are talking about like this isn't about a dream match, like we've been failing and all this stuff. Like this literally is about a dream match. Like no one thought no one thought of this match until you guys were just like tweeting at each other and just being like, one day we're gonna wrestle each other. And then people were like oh my god i cannot wait like who's the best which style is best like that's all we we cared about we didn't need all this let's try to get cute with it kind of stuff because that that diluted what what you had right in front of you you're right they should have just tweeted out a poster and just been like here's the match it's at full gear and then just do like a ufc style build of this thing Mm -hmm. of just these guys being like they're just high spot guys you know they did it this way okay well they you know they care about the old school they did it this way like that's it you did not have to get cute with, with all this other stuff. And that's what they did. No, I don't think this should main event at all. I think it would be a travesty if this main events, not only over Eddie and Moxley, but over uh, Hangman and Omega as yeah. well. That's a stronger main event to me as well. I agree. I, you know, I sense that I, I did like a rant then, like the kids do these days. <laughs> Don't clip that up, folks. Now we're gonna clip it. To we're gonna clip it, and it's gonna be on the epic triggered shoot, uh, <laughs> epic trigger triggered shoot style. The thing that Sean yeah. used to do. I don't know if he does anymore, but yeah, I mean, I you know, in fear of sounding sort of like you know, hyperbolic and crazy about it, I just infuriates me because I just don't get. They're so lost in their own like nonsense. Like it's like we're trying to tell this, and we're showing different sides of them. You know, like they're, they're they've got an edge because they're missing the belts, and it's like. Just give me guys to root for, man. I don't need shades of grey right now. I'm, I promise you, when I tune into professional wrestling, I do not need realistic shades of grey. Good guy, bad guy. That doesn't mean they can't be complex. Again, I go back to Moxley and Eddie because it's on the same show. Eddie Kingston says stuff that's true. He has redeemable qualities as a character. He's in no way operating shades of grey, though, right? He's a villain on that show. Like, yes. He's an absolute villain, and he has no interest in proving to you, yeah, but I have different... No, he's got a job to do. He's doing it. Moxley does stuff that is, you know, perhaps not in line with the traditional hero. But he's definitely the babyface, like 100%. It isn't that complicated. And we've, again, it's not just them, it's everyone. It's We've lost sight of just, like, how easy wrestling can be if you let guys that are comfortable in their own skin cut promos and wrestle matches. It's not that hard. They're making it super hard every week on every show. It's wild. It is. Um, we are going to, look, I think Full Gear, you said it last night, it is shaping up to be a really good card mm. it does look at, like it might be a little long and that worries me uh especially like they're going to be in the jacksonville i guess it won't be as hot uh considering it's november but i still yeah. think it's pretty hot in florida i it, it is shaping up to be long what what are you making of jericho and mjf because i don't think we really oh we talked about the song and dance we didn't really it was whatever your boy bischoff was there uh the doc mm. rivers of, of wrestling showed <laughs> up to to make a little cameo appearance I don't know. I mean, see, the thing with that deal is, is like I can kind of like categorize that as being for someone else. Like, it's a match. I'm it's for Chris Jericho. In. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's a match I'm interested in, and I think there are definitely viewers of AEW that will tell you they're doing the best stuff every week. Like, I'm I'm certain of that. It's it's a brand of wrestling that we enjoy. I'm sure the match will be fun. Maybe I guess I don't know. And, like, that's cool. The reason it's different to me, even though I don't love it, 
than what we were just talking about is like I should be excited for FTR and Young Bucks. If you told me MJF and Jericho are doing this program and it's basically Hill versus Hill, I would have probably had a good clue it was going to be like this. Like it's just yeah. it's what Chris does at this point. I'm not, you know, I'm a firm believer in the idea that wrestling should have genres, and this genre is not one that I'm like filling the cinema for every <laughs> week. If that makes sense. Like it's just it's over the top and it's silly and goofy but they're both great here so like I'm not going to say it's bad by any means I don't think it feels like a like, main event mega match though because that's how the build is it's it's silly sideshow stuff to me maybe I'm wrong what do you think I'm interested in how they're even going to work this match because I mean Jericho is like Jericho's lost a step alright let's I think that's I think that's fairly uh... you spoke to DDP about this one pal you'll see that yoga's coming along well He's lost a step. MJF is a very good worker, but I think he's good in the right situations. I don't know if this Jericho match is going to be the right situation for him. So I'm interested in how they... Like we just saw these guys... I don't know if they actually dislike each other. Like, is there any like real heat between them? What's MJF trying to accomplish in this match? Does he want to... I guess he wants to be in the inner circle, but Jericho yeah. like doesn't really want him to be in the inner circle. Like I don't, I just don't know how they're gonna. We just saw them do a song and dance a week ago. Like now they're gonna work a wrestling match. Like I'm just very confused as to how this match is going to work. I hope it's a dance off. Honestly, you know, or give me like give me a three stages of hell. Let's do let's do a dance off. Let's do a sing off, and then uh, I don't know the third one, but we'll we'll figure out something. Well, let's do a drinking contest so Jericho can win one. Um, let, let's do that. All right, that's what we're gonna do. That's the three okay. stages of hell. So, I'm going to try help on this, because I think I know what's going on. This is where I'll give this credit. This definitely has the element of, like, I'm I'm intrigued as to what it is, if that makes sense. Because there's definitely an idea here. For all, look, whatever you think of Jericho, he does these outlandish things with an end game in sight. And the idea, I think, of the angle is, MJF wants backup, effectively. He doesn't want to just have Wardlow, he wants to have a team of guys. The inner circle guys see this as complete phony BS and they don't trust him. But Jericho kind of admires his, like, spirit, I think. He sees a little bit of himself in MJF. So that's interesting. And my question would be, do you think there's a chance that, you know, the finish is Jericho turns babyface, MJF inherits the inner circle. They, You know, they sort of trade in the, the veteran for the young, the young lion, so to speak, Jeremy. Um you know, and then you do Jericho's a babyface, I guess. Or you could do something with Sammy, right? Sammy's the whole thing with him, Jeff. Yeah. Something like that. Like, at least there's an element of, like, the unknown with where it's going. Which is always good, I think, when you're charging 50 bucks on pay-per-view, <laughs> right? Like, it's fun. Evan Wright says, Jericho versus MJF will be finger poke of doom. I, uh, they're not stupid <laughs> enough to do that. I, I'm sticking by it. You do a dance contest, MJF easily <laughs> wins that. You do uh, a shot of bubbly contest jericho wins that because mjf just refuses he's like i'm not putting alcohol in this body but jericho needs to have a couple to get the singing contest going because we all sing better when we're drunk i know personally i I certainly do and then you do the singing contest and then i think mjf still wins that but there i've booked i've booked this jericho's a much better singer than chris jericho is i understand chris jericho's put out five albums or whatever and people like one song out of these five albums but mjf's a better singer your direct quote then was Jericho is a much better singer than Chris Jericho, which is the best <laughs> thing it? ever said on this show. I've been drinking for this show, all right? Look, you think this is sweet tea? Long Island sweet tea. Okay, look, I, I'm, I'm with the, um, 
I'm with the performances these guys give. It's not the match I'm going to be looking forward to, but I trust that they've got some fun finish in mind. Like, I actually... That's not me being sarcastic. I really think Jericho probably has an idea of where this is going. So that's fine. I mean, full gear on paper looks looks great. Like you said, right? Like this, I mean, the time definitely concerns me. I'm very scared about being another four-hour pay-per-view because I don't need those in my life. I just don't at this point. No. But as long as it's good, it'll be better than the last one because the last one had a lot of bad stuff. This appears more likely to be good, at least, because there's not, like, you know, battle royals and sort of... Not um... yet. Oh, good point. <laughs> yeah. I should hold my breath on that, shouldn't they I? They got to yeah. get more people okay. on this show. A lot of people are not on this show right now. It's good, man. I mean, it's like I saw someone was like, you know, Omero's not even on the show, and it's like, good. Yeah. This is this is what you should be like as major wrestling promotion. <laughs> Video game characters cannot be on the show. Some, they, I mean, they can be. They don't have to be, though, by any means. Do you remember when they signed Miro, Jeremy? Miro? Miro's on AEW? Yeah, the Bulgarian brute. Oh, he was on the show last night. He attacked uh, the the best friends. Yeah, he did. Penelope dressed as the Orange Cassidy. Yeah. I'm just waiting for them to do, like, an Among Us storyline with all these people. I think Impact is doing that, of uh, people just dying and no one knows who it is. Have you watched Impact? I haven't yet seen it. Oh, no, I have seen it. I watched the the final scene where they shot the person. Scene? Yeah. It really was a scene. Yeah. How incredible is it that even at this current climate, people still get mad about this stuff happening on Impact Wrestling? Like, come on, guys. It's This is what they do. They have fun. Their audience grins wide at this stuff. Like, yeah. do I like it? Really? Do I care? Even <laughs> less. Like, it's... Well, I thought it was insane that Eric Young just had his rematch and lost within, like, eight minutes of the show. I mean, that was wild to me, because they'd just spent, like, $400,000 on advertisements for Eric Young as the top heel <laughs> in the promotion. So, I don't know. Uh, the retro match for this week. Anything else for AEW? I don't want to just move on. I don't know. Eddie Kingston rules. Eddie Kingston wrestles, like, one match every two weeks at this point. Just incredible scenes. What a triumph for the world this has been. <laughs> Folks, Eddie Kingston just rolls in, and he's like... Oh, you want six minutes with Matt Seidel and I can go home and rest for two <laughs> weeks? For two weeks? Okay, sure, man. What do you need from me? A promo? Okay, I can do that. Amazing stuff. I love it. Put him on commentary. The uh, Everywhere. The yeah. Everywhere. Just everywhere. Have him do everything. I'm, I'm fine with it. Put, I want Eddie Kingston on commentary every week. <laughs> Jim Ross doesn't. No, not at all. <laughs> Uh, the match review this week, WCW, Halloween Havoc, 1991. The um, the Chamber of Horrors. We got Elegante, Sting, and the Steiner Brothers against Abby, the Diamond Stud, Cactus Jack, and Vader. Joseph, let me explain to you the rules of this match, all right? Yeah, please do. Two teams. Each team has four team members. The match is confined to the Chamber of Horrors, which is equipped with several instruments of torture. The object is to put a member of the opposing team in the Chamber of Horrors chair of torture and then pull the fatal lever, which will render one teammate helpless. Those are the rules of the match. Those are the those are the stipulations. The rules, according to Tony Schiavone, the rules are very interesting in that there are no rules. I'll go one better, because Jim Ross has a much simpler explanation for the match. Would you like to know what it was, Jeremy? No, what, what was Jim Ross's explanation? This is much like a battle royal concept, <laughs> except we have no pins or submissions. <laughs> what did that just mean? 
Explain. Explain to them. How is it a battle royal at all? Okay, firstly, yes. Explain (laughs) the follow-up of, except we have no pins or submissions. Huh? Isn't that what What a battle battle royal is? He literally just described the battle royal and explained why it isn't like this match. Jim very rarely gives me these gems on these old matches. That one was like, man, what has he just said? The best thing about this stuff, and I know I said this a million times, so I, I apologize, but the fact that this is like the era where Jim would do the old, like, this is, this is where the real athletes are, you know? Like, this is this is real wrestling, and it's like, meanwhile, there's this chair, it's an electric chair in the middle of the ring. Like, it's just, it's peak WCW. So this is where we meet the uh, the referee. Right, the referee yes. Yeah, Nick the Patrick has a has a hockey helmet on his head. Legitimately, it's a it's a hockey helmet that I've seen it a million times, and it just has a camera attached to it. High end technology in it's, 1991. And Nick was like, oh, "I'm going to do everything possible to not get one good shot in this whole match. I'm going to stare around. Yeah. I'm going to stare at the fans. As long as I don't stare at the action, I'm doing my job. I think it was his plan. I assume. I don't know." Have you ever seen the Nick Patrick um, RF video clip where he's he's sitting there with this shoot interview and he's like he gets asked about Starcade '97 with Sting and Hogan and his legit answer is like, well, you know, a lot of different finishes. I can't even think of the one you're talking about. And it just isn't. <laughs> Some poor guy has paid money for a shoot interview with Nick Patrick, sat there waiting for Starcade '97, leant towards his screen, and then heard Nick just go, "I don't know what one you're talking about. No clue. Sorry, I can't help on that." Incredible scenes. Carney to the end. Gotta love it. Uh, there are men hiding in caskets. Yes. During this match. There are there just are random masks. And then men. men come out. No one explains who they are. Um, <laughs> Cactus Jack amazing. is a crazy man, as you would expect, he's, in he's this wonderful. match. He's just wonderful here. Like, he's just... <laughs> he's enthusiasm for this nonsense. I mean, I think he's explained this as being, like, a big match in his career. And it's like, God bless him, man. Like, what a top out that is. He takes the... Sting picks up the the top of the casket and just tosses it in the air. And it just, bam, right on Cactus's head. The thing, the crowd is, like, having a good time with this when they're all brawling. Because it's just a spectacle, right? Yeah. Like, there's a big cage. There's eight guys. They're brawling. It's fun. And then the chair lowers. And the crowd is just, just dead silent. <laughs> It's like they realise at that point how dumb this is. They're like, oh, this is... And Cactus does the deal where he tries to pretend he's going to get trapped under the chair. <laughs> and the chair's moving like this face. It's like, don't kill someone in production. It's like, don't kill Cactus Jack, whatever you do. Like, Cactus didn't know this thing's coming down. Um, yeah, man, I've got a note about that. The sting coughing, like, launching it up in the air was, was wonderful. Then we have, um, I believe Tony described them as ghouls. Yes. Ghouls come out with the white faces, as Tony said, with the white <laughs> ghouls with the white faces, and they have stretches. And um, Jim Ross. So here's the deal with this match: if you haven't seen it, the lever is supposed to be pulled, but because it's WCW, the lever just drops. Yeah, you can and, see. Uh, I think Randy Anderson like climb the yeah. cage and lift like the four lever. times. Yeah, four times. Yeah. <laughs> and you know that's a fine sort of save if you just don't shoot the, the lever, right? You don't have to shoot it, Jeremy, right? There's eight guys in the ring. Why would you shoot the lever? <laughs> or you could take a one-shot of the lever and ask Jim Ross to explain it. And Jim's tremble, his voice, the tremor, as he's, like, looking at this thing, and he's like, you've got to pull, pull, put, push up the... Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, why are you shooting it? How have you shot it for five seconds without realising? I don't know. 
But that's why I love WCW. By the way, this is a victory for us this week because the masses clearly love WCW as much as us. See that rating, pal? Yeah. Big numbers. We need to bring it back, Jeremy. Go fund me. Let's save WCW. <laughs> let's do it. Let's just... We can do this. We we have so many GoFundMe's right now, but I think the the WCW project should be our biggest one, and we will save that. We'll bring back WCW. We'll, we'll get a television deal with ESPN, yes. and we will Here's do. Here's my pitch. Here's my pitch. We go to Titan Towers, and this is this is what we say. We would like to acquire WCW, its tape library, and all of the trademarks surrounding the brand as well as the fiend Bray Wyatt <laughs> we will give you I imagine by then we'll raise like 150 bucks on the GoFundMe <laughs> as well as the distraction tape library to be used oh, on the WWF network that's that's a lot that's a valuable valuable tape library right yeah. there Daryl Morey trade bro I'm really I've got it I've got to figure it out and, and, you know, I think it's a fair deal, right? They get, what, 10 months of art on their network. What better can you have? I mean, yeah. Right, they have 10 years of WCW right now, but who needs that when you could have the distraction, right? Who needs it? Please. I think okay. they'll take this deal. I, I think they will. We might have to throw in, like, a couple of future first-round picks or uh, what's the what's the future trade consideration? Future considerations. Like, we might yes. have to do that. But I feel like the WCW tape library, the, the trade, um, the... the it's going to expire soon. What was the stupid term they used for the Apollo Crews thing? Expiring draft picks. I feel like it's an expiring tape library. And so we should just be able, you know, we should be able to acquire it for cheaper. I mean, if you can explain that to them, <laughs> I think we've won it. I mean, if you can get it for them, I think we'll, we'll be fine. Yeah, so. like they, don't, they don't have any logic. They'll just be like, hey, you know what? That, that sounds like it makes some type of sense. The key is, though, we have to tell them that it's a podcast. Because they already have conversation series. Oh. And we'll be like, have you heard of these podcast things? They're like, what are they? Well, they're like audio conversations. Conversations? But no, it's not a conversation. It's a podcast. Very, very different thing, as I've, I've been explained in recent times. So <laughs> the finish, for the, Jeremy, would you like to explain the finish? Because I, frankly, I'm in awe of what happens here. The finish is... Dice. Yeah, Rick Steiner is in the chair. Cactus begins climbing up to the lever. Rick Steiner, he gets out of the chair. Abby's trying to strap him in. He gets out of the chair. He suplexes Abby into the chair. He ties his arms to the thing. Cactus is looking at this the whole time. Like, he, he sees it. He understands what's going on. But he's locked them in. And Cactus is just like, pull it. Just pulls it. They try to explain, like, he thought Abdullah was in the chair. It's like he's looking clear. Or he thought Rick Steiner was in the chair. He's looking clearly that Abdullah is in the chair. He pulls it. And then Abby, it goes something. He's bleeding, by the way, which is a tremendous visual. And of course. He, he just goes like. Yes. Yes. Like that. That's that's what it looks like. And to be clear, it rules. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. It's absolutely awesome. And Tony Schiavone is like. I don't think anyone in the world's taking this seriously, so let me treat it as such. And he says, he's getting cooked, yeah. and I think he's well done. Yeah, I think he's well done. <laughs> incredible. And then things get really great, because then Cactus goes over and tries to wake up Abdullah, <laughs> who just, like, pushes Cactus, walks around, murders all of those aforementioned ghouls with their with their stretchers, and Cactus just joins in. Yeah. Says, yeah Abby's back. <laughs> awesome. And then Tony says, this is a legit good line, he opened his eyes, thought he was in, ev- in heaven, and knew he shouldn't be there. He's a tremendous <laughs> Abdullah Lion. Um, this is... It isn't actually a bad match, is it? It's the concept. The, yeah. the concept is like... 
out of this world insane. But that's why we enjoy it, I guess, right? Yeah, no, the match is fine. Like, it's like 12 minutes. They do some brawling and stuff. There's some cool... Cactus takes this one spot where Sting, in, in true Battle Royal fashion, tosses him over the top rope, and Cactus goes into the cage. Yeah. Like, he just flies face first into the cage. What a what a crazy man Mick Foley is. Would do anything, right? Like, yeah. It's bonkers that when he made it big, he would still do everything. Because at this time, he's just trying to get over as the crazy right. person. Like, he does it for about another... And what this is like, October 91. And the Vader match is 93. Like, for legitimately multiple years, he spends in WCW just trying to hurt himself. <laughs> but just because, I guess, I don't know. Dude, um, he's jumping off the cage in 98. Like, this man is just... Yeah. This absolute madman. He is, which is amazing because he's in, in total contrast to his seemingly measured personality. Like, of all the wrestlers that you think would be madmen, it's not Mick, but there he is, he's going wild. Would you like to know, speaking of madmen, next week's match? Jim? Yes, what do you got for us? Big change of pace. As Uh-oh. we head to November 5th, 2006, for Cyber Sunday, there's a blast from the past, Jerry. As the Spirit Squads, Kenny and Mikey, defend their tag team titles against the known team, of Ric Flair and Rowdy Roddy Piper. Jeremy, I have recently become aware that Roddy Piper did this run in 2006, there in you, 10 years after appearing like an absolute course for himself, WCW, bless him. And that is our match next week. I have no clue what we, we're going to get out of this, but it's Roddy Piper in 2006. I assume he's not looking too great. For that. I don't know, just a guess. I'm sure I watched this match in 2006. I... Clearly, I have no recollection of it. I'm I'm excited. I'm, yes, I'm somewhat excited for this. Yes, because Roddy was fascinating because like when he did the WCW run, it was like it was like a man playing Roddy Piper, wasn't it? It was, it yeah. was like it was like he knew the Roddy Piper bits, but they didn't quite feel or hit the same as they once did. Like show so, him yeah. the leg, brother. Like, show oh, show him the hip. Yeah. The hip. Yeah. Show him the oh, hip, brother. I, I watched. You know, I told you that I've been doing all the Halloween habit watches and like. The one where he comes out at the end of the show and it's like this big moment and it's his big debut and he just decides like, imagine thinking about what I'm going to say to Hulk Hogan. I'll just talk forever. No one will stop me. It's not live on paper. Yeah. Hogan is trying to rein in and he's like, no, bigger star It just goes oh, bigger on. Oh. It's, it's terrible. I mean, ironically, the one, he has like one good match with Flair in WCW because that's Flair. Right? That's what he does, I guess. But other than that, it is all bad. And, like, he gets paid a crazy <laughs> amount of money to just do terrible matches. So, God bless him. Legend. Uh, guys, if you're, if you're joining us, we appreciate you joining us. Get your Super Chats in. We have one more topic to talk about. Subscribe to the channel, youtube.com slash Fightful. Leave a thumbs up on the video. If you're on YouTube or if you're on uh, iTunes listening, leave us a, a five-star review. That goes a long way as well. Joseph, triumphant moment for the Philadelphia 76ers. This past week, as they've hired Daryl Morey, not to be the GM, but to be like the overseer of basketball operations, I believe is his, uh, his title. But he's bringing Morey Ball to Philadelphia with no three-point shooters and no spacing. <laughs> this is so awesome in so many ways, because it's like, it's peak science project stuff. And I'm always for that. In all seriousness, I think... It's you know it's obviously a weird one, but it's definitely like an actual good move before we get into silliness yes. and that's like because like if Maury does something insane with our two best players, at least you know like he has some idea of a plan 
if Elton Brand had traded in Beadle Simmons, like it's the end, dude. Like it's not it's not working out. It's just not gonna end well. With Maury, I sense he'll only do something well he will do stuff that's insane, but he'll do it with like an idea of what the plan is. He's obviously a very good GM, it's just as you said, the stylistic fit is um is something, man. I mean the big thing, I guess, is he has been sort of expert like guys that are just going nowhere in the league. He's been out like plug them into that Houston team, right, and get some shooting out of them. If we could do that, that would be very beneficial to our team, you know. Like the Ben McLemore time last year, like where it's just like, okay, sure. He's made, you know, Jeff Green didn't have a team, right, and he ended up playing big minutes in the playoffs. I think he's How's he's that good work at work out. Well, yeah, but still, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like when you look at what we have cap wise, his ability to spot like an asset that no one else sees as an asset at all, and be like, yeah. he can, we could plug him in, is useful. The big thing is, like, what does he do with Holford and Harris, right? Like, that's just an insane equation to try and figure out. But if anyone can do it, I guess it's Maury. I don't know. Tell, I, help me on this one, Jeremy. I think Daryl Moore is a very good general manager. I laugh that he failed in Houston because I don't like Houston. Um, but I give Daryl Morey credit on a couple things. One, he always swings for the fences. And that that's admirable. Like, he went out, he got Harden, he turned Harden into to what he was. He put the, the right coach with him he put the right pieces around him you know the Dwight Howard thing didn't exactly work out but he tried there Chris Paul it almost worked out but then they they couldn't get along Westbrook was out of his control all right that 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 seems like it was a, a different move coming from elsewhere he didn't leave Houston in a good position and I think that should be worrisome as a Sixers fan. The thing is, like, the Sixers aren't in a good position now anyway. Exactly, with, right. With, like, how much, uh, how little cap room they have and the contracts they have on the books. Uh, he's, But he's willing to make moves. And I, that is a, a big thing. Because I don't know, like, are the Sixers, were they willing to make any moves with this team? Like, would they be willing to trade Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid? I don't think I think Maury is willing to pull the trigger on one of these things if he feels he can maximize the team in a different way than it's not being maximized right now. The issue is so firstly when we got Doc there was a concern in the back of our mind they wasn't going to change anything like it was just going to be like a, you know like maybe Richardson trade because they kind of maybe convinced themselves Doc can figure out what Brett couldn't. Maury's not going to do that. There's no way he's looking at this team now and he's like yeah. Yeah, tough, you know, interior defense, no way. There's, there's, no, no. there's no way he's doing that. I think the issue with the Simmons and B deal is like, is there a deal where you're getting a, a player of equivalent talent that also fits better? Because a lot of the times the deals are like those things where it's like, you know, it's a better fit, but realistically you need top-end talent to win a championship, right? And that's why it's always hard because you're going to need to get a top-end talent because Tobias Harris isn't that, right? And that's where... You know, I know the Harden thing, obviously, is going wild right now. And, like, obviously, that's one where it's a top-end talent. But if it's just... You know, like I saw the Brooklyn Nets one, and it's, like, Levert, Dinwiddie. And it's, like, sure, that team would be fun. But, like, how many... Is it winning anything? A Ben Simmons, Karis Levert team? I don't Wait, know, Wait, Tobi- Tobias Harris for Levert? No. Oh. Embiid. I'm saying for those oh, two, it's no. always, like, big packages rather no. than top-end talent. Does that make sense? Yeah, no. You can't, you can't do that. Like, if you're trading Embiid... You've or or Ben or Ben Simmons, you've got to get like a Bradley Beal type guy. Yep. Like Bradley Beal's top end talent. You even like a, a Chris Paul, and I know Chris Paul is older, but like you know that's a guy who can just run your offense and, and make winning plays and stuff. Like you can't trade him for 
Dinwiddie, Lavert, Buddy Heald, mm-hmm. Victor Oladipo, even like it's got to be in that case. Like he's got to be if you trade Simmons for Oladipo and Sabonis, maybe Embiid for Oladipo and Sabonis. But like, uh, yeah, you, you you're right in that you've got to trade like a top end. If you're gonna trade one of these guys, you've got to get a top end guy back, or you've got to get two two really good players who are gonna maximize the star mm-hmm. that you did keep. And, like, Dinwiddie and, and Levert, I I just don't know about that. Yeah, at least, the, you know, the big thing is, obviously, the third guy they paid. If you had faith in him as a number two option, you could easily do one of those package deals. But no one has that faith in Harris, right? So it's like, I don't know, it's going to be complex. To no, you're not, you're, not getting, you're not getting it any, like, top-end guy for Harris. Or, or oh no! Like, I don't think you'll get any guy. <laughs> I think he's, if the only way you're getting rid of him is it's like a team will take the salary for picks. Like, yeah. That's the only way. I think you're rid of. And at that point, what are you even doing? It's, I don't know, man. This is this is more his questions to ponder. I don't have to do. I could just grin. <laughs> I can grin. It, it is a very um, Jeremy. You know that as a writer, I'm a very sort of poetic man, right? And there, there is a poetry to this, right? With the hinky and the you know the process sort of almost being rekindled by by Big Daryl. So. God bless him. I hope it goes well. I'm, I'm grinning for now. I am grinning. His the Mori Ball philosophy is paint and threes. Y'all got, I mean, paint. yeah, paint is fine. You have no no three point shooting on this team. I, I well, think Simmons hit one. <laughs> Simmons, you seen him in practice? You seen those video oh. clips of him? Oh, draining him. Yeah. <laughs> I I legitimately think like you can maximize Ben Simmons if you just like put a team like do what you did in Houston make Simmons your Ben or your James Harden and like he's not gonna he doesn't have the threat of the step back three but he can just blow by point guards he can yeah. post up point guards if you send a double at him he he finds an open shooter this is what I do on two K all the time this is why I love Ben Simmons in two K you just surround him with shooting you post up a smaller guard. Wait for the double to come. Hit your shooter. Just run like a pick and roll. Hit a shooter. Stuff like that. Like Ben Simmons can be maximized so easily. The the Sixers have not done that with the roster they've constructed no, around them. It, it is interesting to see. Like I mean, I understand why, but all of the memes are about like you know, Mori's going to have Simmons shooting freeze and all this stuff. And it's like I'm pretty confident that Mori would prefer to build around Simmons than Embiid. Like yes. I could imagine him seeing an Embiid who's like a throwback big who wants the ball in the post and thinking that's a tough fit. I think he'd love to build a shooting team around Simmons. I just, again, it's like you've got to get the right deal. I mean, either way, I think they're going to do a year with Doc coaching Simmons and Embiid. Like, I think they're pretty dead set on doing that. The question is, what can Maury do around the margins? And by margins, I mean, Jeremy, <laughs> around the $70 million that Al Horford and Tobias Harris are making. You know, the traditional margins in NBA basketball. Uh, I'm excited to see what Daryl Morey brings to the table yeah. on this, because it, you're right in that it's a fascinating, fascinating science project. This is this is really like the anti Morey ball team right here. Just <laughs> nothing, none, none of these pieces fit with Morey's philosophy. And it's like here, here you go. Either we gotta you know make this a team, a Morey ball team, or try to work with what you got and completely overhaul your philosophy. Yes. And also with a coach that yeah. seems like dead set against being a big analytics guy. I mean, yes. that was the whole thing with the Clippers, right? That Barmer like got this big analytics team, and he was like, 
Eh, I'd rather play Trez. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Lou Williams is pretty good at guest buckets, so it's going to be something, man. It could definitely blow up and explode. But if not, many grins are coming. That's what I'm saying. Somebody's pitching a Horford for Nicholas Batum trade. Is he any I mean, good I've... still, Batum? No. Okay. No, not... But it would be one of those deals where it's like, if Charlotte is... The one that's interesting about Charlotte is, if what, what pick have they got? Four. Yeah. Like, if they're taking a big man... Sorry, if they're taking a guard, Rogier's moving, right? Because they've got Devontae Gray. You, you are in on Terry Rogier. You text me at three in the morning, being like, Jeremy, scary Terry. Dribble. I'm ready he for dribble, him. <laughs> I'm not saying he's good. He can dribble the ball. Like, all I'm saying is, if they're taking a guard, they already have Graham, right? Yeah. Like... They got Graham and Malik Monk. Like, that's a that's a decent enough backcourt. I, I'm big on Malik Monk. But obviously, if they're taking a big man, they're not going to want Holford. So, like... No. You know, I'm, I'm just... I just would like a player that could dribble the basketball. <laughs> <laughs> Alec so, Burks? Alec Burks ain't working for you? The best tweet I've ever seen about Alec Burks is it was like, what we see, and it was a basketball, and it said, what Alec Burks sees is a ticking time bomb. Just a grenade. Every time he gets to the ball, it's like, need to shoot this. There's 20 seconds on the shot clock, but God forbid I'd actually take my time around it shoot. But he was actually very good for us. I, you know, he's just, he is what he is, right? Thunder legend Alec Burke? Come on now. Wow. Well, he was our main down the stretch. It was like, give the ball back. He'll close it out for us. Uh, Joseph, where can the people find you at on social media and writing? Big week for you next week. I'm, I'm excited. Oh. I'm excited. I've, I've, it's done, by the way. The, the final edit is done. We're down to like 1,600 words, which is a long one wow. for me, but it's not like crazy. It's it was at like 4,500. Yes. I need the cutting room floor version of this i want that on select i have them all saved somewhere okay. so i can do that send but, it to sean and be like here is the original original version here's the here's the holbert cut of this uh of this feature see i could i mean there's no way he's reading that so that could really be insanity because i don't think i'd ever go back for it after what i've done this like, the edit is just is that's the worst part you know that Jeremy, right like, when you write something the edit is the absolute worst but yes uh, eddie kingston feature one of one of my favorites obviously well, I got you know the usual stuff. The Twitter is um, the Twitter's been good recently. No one's been very mad at me recently on the Twitter. That may change after this show. I don't know, but everything's going well. My Twitch has not been shut down because I don't have one. Um, I am not making a documentary about Vince McMahon, nor am I excited for the documentary. But I may pretend for Twitter content. Uh, I don't really like Kenny Omega's heel work, but I'm calling it good character work for the sake of my brand. What else is going on in Twitter? Um, Sean, yeah, I do, I'm just having a great time. Sean's going to shut down our Booty Pro Wrestling stream and just be like, nope, you guys can't do it. Can't do it anymore. <laughs> He's going to take all rights to it. That's what's going to happen. We're going to both post statements be like, this is not goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> see you down the road. Oh, I feel bless bad. Him. I, I feel yeah, bad I hope for they, those wrestlers. Like, I hope they, you know, I don't want to sort of dramatize, but I hope they get what they deserve in one way or another yeah right? that's all I'd like. yeah I, hope so I, well. I tune in for the pro wrestlers you know i personally would not watch raw if it was just the wwe logo in the middle of the ring for three hours but like, really? personally really? i kind of like yeah i know bro some people would i like the wrestlers <laughs> i would like for them you know the ones that are sort of not nefarious and crooks to make good money and be treated well but at this point there's only so much we can do i guess right unfortunately yeah unfortunately i hope again i hope all the um, 
everyone it gets sorted out and they're allowed to stream because whether they're doing q a sessions whether they're playing games you know they they get a big group together and play games and stuff it's it's always good content and hope they don't shut down up up down down either that would be a travesty because that's that's better than anything on WWE television is the stuff they're doing on up up down down so it sucks i feel bad for the wrestlers hopefully it gets uh settled out you can find me i'll go ahead joseph no i agree i mean up up down down is like if they do that then i i don't know what what xavier Xavier might quit (laughs) xavier's just gonna be like i think they just signed like five-year deals last year but xavier's gonna be like uh no i'm out how can i get out of this it's a shame we're ended on this note right just guys look here's the deal (laughs) remember happy halloween And Randy Orton is the world champion. I'll close the show like it's true. All right. Um, you can find me on Twitter at JeremyLambert88. Uh, yes, Ron, I, I'm ending because the Panthers game is starting. I have therapy uh, with the Panthers game, and, and that is very important to me. So ciao, everybody. We will talk to you later on. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and, of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.